Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. The more you ship, the more you save. With Canada Post Solutions for Small Business, we'll reward your repeat business with automatic savings. Visit CanadaPost.ca forward slash small business to see how you can start saving up to 34% on shipping in Canada. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you know, one of the great things I love about interviewing amazing rock star entrepreneurs from across the planet is what we learn from them. And that's why I started Go Forth Garage. Go Forth Garage is all about providing you with the resources, the coaching, the mentorship, the programs to help you in your business. Just check us out at GoForthGarage.com. That's GoForth garage.com ladies and gentlemen it's rivers corbett the host of startup canada podcast and while you are in for an historic moment on the startup canada podcast today for a couple of reasons one this is sit down grab a coffee actually you might want to triple vodka soda whatever it is because today is the final episode of the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. Startup Canada podcast will continue on and lots of great stories will continue on and lots of great conversations will continue on. But today is the final episode for me, your host, and I have just had an amazing journey with uh, you folks as my audience, helped me grow and to be the best podcast show in Canada for business entrepreneurship, and uh, I couldn't thank you enough for that, and of course, all the wonderful guests uh, that we've talked to, right from my very beginning one with Brian Holmes from Hootsuite, and uh, of which, I, of course, I was just as as, as uh, nervous as heck, which was just crazy in itself, but Ryan was, was a gentleman, kind, and all those sorts of things, but uh, from one hero of mine to another, we have the co-founder of Startup Canada with us today, Cyprian Shalinkevich. And I did I get it right, Cyprian? Did you I do did. a pretty good job? You did fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I have been I've been I've been a diverting, adverting, whatever you want to call it, uh, ignoring having to pronounce his last name, and uh, been practicing it for a while. Just like when I had George Stropanopoulos mm. on the show, also I practiced that one. And you know that show was quite interesting, Cyprian. And I know today we're going to do a little bit of a bio here in a second, but you know that that show with George Stropolopoulos and uh, really, to me, w- really resonated as to how the guest got involved with the conversation that mm. we've had with hundreds of entrepreneurs. And and what I mean particularly is I remember you talking to me ahead of time, okay, we got this guy, he's a Canadian icon, he's got a half an hour 
He's got a half an hour. That's, That's all he's all got. That's all he has. Yeah. That's all he's got. And so I got him on the phone, and I was very respectful, and he was a good guy and all this kind of stuff. And I came up to like 27 minutes on the clock, and I said, George, I said, look, I want to be respectful of your time. You gave us a half an hour, and and so we're going to close up with this. He says, oh, no, no, we can keep going. He says, yeah, we yeah. can keep going. And it really, you know, was, uh, was uh, again, a testament to how much he was enjoying the conversation about entrepreneurship, about how he was enjoying the conversation around his journey as an entrepreneur and how he was enjoying the conversation around uh, around supporting Startup Canada. And that's one of the things I always wanted to have in our conversations was that people would say, let's keep going. This is a lot of fun. Mm. And out of that came great stories, great emotions, and so on. And so so today's conversation with Cyprian, ladies and gentlemen, is kind of like a coffee, coffee side uh, chat. This is a virtual fireside conversation where we're just going to reminisce. We're going to talk about some pretty cool shit that happened during the journey of Startup Canada and, of course, the Startup Canada podcast show. Uh, and uh, so sit back, relax, enjoy it, and uh, let's get going. But first, I want, to, uh, I want to give a little bit of an overview of the silent hero because we hear a lot about from Victoria uh, the other co-founder of uh, Startup Canada, and Cyprian's always the guy in the back. He's like the Scotty off the Starship Enterprise, and except that he doesn't say, "I'm trying my best, Captain." No, he I always don't. says, "I'll get it done." <laughs> I'll get it done. Don't have that <laughs> accent. No. So since launching Startup Canada nearly 10 years ago, Cyprian has played an integral part in creating a flagship brand for Canadian entrepreneurs with Startup Canada. And, you know, it's been an amazing, amazing journey with my friend. And, you know, I've been I, I actually was with Cyprian and the team when they did their initial tour back in 2012. And and I got a little bit of a script here uh, ahead of time. And by the way, Cyprian, I got to give a shout out to the to the to the back end team, you know, the the, the Maddies and the Catherines and mm -hmm. the Rochelles and so sure. on of the world who have just been spectacular behind the scenes and getting guests and writing scripts and chasing my ass around Fredericton because I was late to do its podcast <laughs> interview or whatever. But, you know, you get down here, you get down. I met you on March 22nd, 2012. That's pretty cool that you would remember that date. Uh, and, uh, and when Startup Canada back then was known as, quote unquote, the Startup Canada campaign. And it was doing its first ever cross-Canada tour to over 40 cities in only eight months. And, uh, you know, that moment of engagement, it definitely hasn't slowed down. It's, it's one, of the, one, of the, one of the values of Startup Canada that I've found is that, uh, by the way, folks, this is going to go longer than the typical 35-minute conversation that we have because this is my curtain call, and I'm hanging out with one of my best friends in the world, a very important guy. Uh, but, you know, Startup Canada always does its research when it comes to its customer. And so many entrepreneurs forget the importance of doing that, and they have founder-itis, and they focus in on what the founder thinks is right versus what the customer thinks is right. But right out of the beginning, 40 cities in only eight months, there was a discovery process going on, and I got involved with the East Coast tour, had some amazing conversations in some amazing <laughs> crazy spots, and uh, it was uh, it was pretty 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 magical. Since then, Startup Canada has pioneered dozens of programs throughout the years with the support of national sponsors and entrepreneurs working together to build a Canada for entrepreneurs and give a voice to the Canadian startup community. And look, not only giving a voice to the startup Canada community. Uh, sorry, to the Canadian startup community, but to give a voice internationally. Startup Canada, through your leadership, Cyprian, and, and uh, Victoria's leadership, has become known as an international success story uh, from an idea and is internationally recognized and respected through uh, through various startup countries around mm. the world. So congratulations Thank on you. that. And we're keeping going. Yeah. <laughs> How are you enjoying the interview so far, my I, friend? I, I've never had somebody kind of relay it back to me. This is great. I'm loving it. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> well, Cyprian has definitely created an enduring legacy, impacting the lives of tens of thousands. I would actually give it into hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs and generating dozens of new jobs as the co-founder and COO 
of two national nonprofit organizations, one in Canada and the other one in the UK, which actually started before Startup Canada, correct? Yes, correct. That's correct. Yeah. So, and it was called NACU. Now, I, I don't want to mispronounce what NACU means. That's the acronym. So, what's it mean? What's what's the representation of NACU? What's that? What does that uh, mean? Well, NACU uh, stands for the National Association of College uh, and University Entrepreneurs, and uh, I can I can tell you a little bit about that. It was uh, focused cool. more. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll get into that. Yeah. Even though I said it's a coffee site chat, I'm still in charge. Okay. Okay. So, yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but you know, these organizations have collectively raised more than $50 million in funding, created more than a hundred jobs directly impacting more than 300,000 individuals representing more than 3.5 million entrepreneurs. And you know, as I mentioned before, Cyprian's been the behind the scene guys. And these are always the unsung heroes. These are the, this is the engine. It's like buying a car. The car, the outside of the car gets all the glory. It's never the engine because it's all this kind of wiry stuff. But without the engine, the car will not go anywhere. And uh, we sure recognize that with Cyprian and his team of technicians and how he just made it all seem so seamless. He's, uh, he's done the visuals. He's done the shows. The digital content, and I say he and his team, definitely, because I know that he's he's one to recognize them. Everything from defining brand integrity, conceptualized, developed, and produced, and secured financing for the Startup Canada Awards, which is an awards program recognizing leading innovators and entrepreneurs through regional and national galas, national broadcast engaging audience, and being recognized by the CBC for you non-Canadian folks, that's the Canadian Broadcast corporations as the um, Oscars of Canadian <laughs> entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nice ring to it. It's beautiful, man. What a great thing to put on your uh, on your uh, on your journey, on your legacy piece that you can share with your friends and family for sure. He's the original producer of the show, the Startup Canada podcast with yours truly, Rivers. I wouldn't be able to do it without him. And Mr. Calm, Cool and Collective. We talked about Scotty being the the uh, the guy that was always panicking. Think of Cyprian, the calm Scotty, because it was always, "What do you need, Rivers? How can we fix it?" Let me deal with it, and then I never, I never sensed at one point in time, Cyprian, that you uh, that you uh, were out of control, uh, and uh, it was so. You may have felt that way, but you never let me feel that way. You know, together we've aired more than two hundred and fifty episodes, having more than two hundred thousand, thousand, thousand. Mm-hmm, wow, that's right, yeah. listeners, from starting with none, mm-hmm, zero. None, yeah, at zero. And uh, dude, I'm tingling when I'm when I'm reading that. And to the audience that's listening, uh, I hope you're smiling. I hope you're being very proud of being a part of that journey, because without you guys, the listeners and all these other people, we wouldn't be able to do that. So Cyprian Shalankiewicz. Nice. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome <laughs> to the Startup Canada podcast show. Well, thank you, Rivers. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I think you've done a really good job with the show. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Over I, the years, you know, so, 250, yeah. that's right, 250 podcasts uh, thereabouts since your first one that aired with Ryan Holmes from Hootsuite yeah. back in September of 2015. That's over four years ago. Um, and back then, not not too many Canadian startup podcasts around. Uh, nothing that was like super consistent, anyway. Um, yeah. And so you were you were kind of leading the way, and how great it has turned out. And out of 200 episodes, um, so let me just kind of break it down. So. Um, on average, let's say each podcast about 40 minutes, right? So 140 hours yeah. straight content creation. Um, you've had uh, you'd had to pretty much listen for a week straight, 24/7, if you wanted to catch all of that up. So imagine that seven full days of rivers talking in your ear, <laughs> and you'd be all caught sounds, up. Sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. <laughs> how, how better than spending your holidays doing that, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, and fair, and, and you know, just on that note, you can still get access to these podcasts just because mm-hmm. I'm. Moving on, there is a transition plan being made in place, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to spill the beans on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, how do people still get access to the great shows? Oh, same same way. So, I mean, basically, it's on our website. Uh, it's on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, all, all the usual stuff. Uh, there'll be a little bit of a transition, and then uh, at some point in 2020, uh, we'll have uh, we'll have somebody else um, kind of running the show from that point forward. But uh, 
you know, the episodes continue. The the guests are fantastic. Uh, we try to pull in the best uh, people that we've met over the years uh, and then some. So um, your, your legacy will definitely live on as having founded a nice baseline of what amazing entrepreneurship looks like in Canada and those interviews and that content will live on uh, and will just be growing from there. Cool, man. Cool. Well, thank you for that. So um, I, now this is a chat. This is I know there's a bit of structure centered around it, but before I know you were going to ask me this question, but I'm going to beat you to it. OK. Um, and we're going to I want to talk about the beginnings of I want to talk about that tour. OK. Uh, I, I want to talk about that, that, uh, you know, some stories from that tour, because a lot of people don't, don't know that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that story of the tour. But before I do that, mm-hmm. what of the 250 episodes, mm-hmm. which one was your favorite? Uh, I would say the one that pops out a lot is uh, Andy Nolman. Um, and okay, yeah. I, I, apparently, you know how you ask at the end of the episodes, you know, uh, what is some advice you'd like to give to your listeners? I think you yeah. actually um, enjoyed Andy's too. What, what was it that uh-huh. you enjoyed? Yeah, well, actually, I interviewed Andy twice. Twice, okay. And, yeah, and uh, there, I just want to get back to it. There was only two people mm-hmm. who I think I interviewed twice, and you know them both. Of course, you would have a connection with all of these amazing people, but Andy Nolman was one of them. The other one was Edwin Frondoso. Oh, of course. <laughs> he of was the course. second one. And I challenged him about, uh, when I talked to him, first of all, with Edwin, he, Edwin, he said that he was a marathoner, and I said, dude, you're not a real marathoner until you've run three marathons, which I have done. Mm-hmm. And so so the second time I got it on, of course, he was on to his fourth marathon and had to remind me of that. But but Andy's <laughs> yeah, Andy, Andy's a, a really cool guy. And Andy, of course, yeah. is the founder of Just for Laughs, the, the show, the comedy festival, an amazing entrepreneur. And I asked him mm-hmm. at the end of the show, which I ask a lot of the entrepreneurs, I said, Andy, what's the one piece of advice you would give to entrepreneurs and you can't, and I love this question and you can never give advice to entrepreneurs again for the rest of your life. So, and it's funny, these people, when I ask that question, I go, they think, they think it's like a do or die question. Like, you know, it's it like is. they're going to, the, the, the <laughs> trap door is going to come out if they say the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, he says, Rivers, every day I expect a curveball." Mm. Ah, that's interesting. A curveball. And I'm not a baseball player. So, uh, matter of fact, I hate the sport. I think it's one of the boring sports in the world. As you know, I am a Tom Brady fan Mm -hmm. and uh, the Patriots. But I said, what do you mean by that, Andy? He says, well, with a curveball, there's so many unexpected things that can happen with a curveball. He said, you can get hit in the head with a curveball. You can get hit in the knee with a curveball. And that means that life hurts that day, mm-hmm. that there's a pain in your life that day. He says, but then there's a curveball of opportunity that comes your way because you, all, this unexpected thing has come your way and bam, you hit that ball right out of the park and you got a grand slam happening and opportunity exists that you just didn't know was going to exist. And you say, where the frig did that come from? Mm-hmm. And so you have a high and a low from a curveball, but because he was able to every day wake up and say, I expect a curveball. And when it happened, he was able to deal and continues to deal with those ups and downs. Cause he says, okay, that's the curveball. There's, that's the curveball. Hmm. And he said it has served him in his multiple years as being an entrepreneur, because as you know, it's very much an up and down world. It's a, it's not a merry-go-round, it's a roller coaster. Hmm. Absolutely. So great advice, great advice for that. And so nice. we're going to talk like about my, mm-hmm. my favorites in a, in, a, in a little later on in the conversation. But take us through that original journey with Startup Canada. And, you know, you guys sitting around a table. We've got a board of directors put together. And you guys decide to go on a tour. Right. Uh, talk about the rationale behind the tour. And then some of the, you know, the, the two or three cool stories that again are hidden in the archives that no one knows about, but are so in- critically important to the success of this this journey with Startup Canada. Sure, I, I would love to, Rivers. Um, so just really quickly for those that don't know, so Startup Canada uh, is Canada's entrepreneurship organization, uh, the natural rallying community and voice for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. And ever since we launched in 2012, Startup Canada has promoted and supported the 
successive growth of Canada's entrepreneurs with a mandate, uh, right, to foster that economic growth, that competitiveness, and that prosperity through entrepreneurship. And so since launching, Startup Canada's programming has directly supported more than 250,000 entrepreneurs with 50 grassroots startup community organizations, working with over 750 ecosystem partners, including accelerators, incubators, research parks, educational institutions, economic development uh, agencies, associations, and government programs. So we serve entrepreneurs um, from all backgrounds, all industries, and stages of, de of development um, with a network reflective of uh, Canada's diverse uh, population. So the origin story, yes, I would love to talk to you about that. I don't get an opportunity. Now, by the way, just as, just huh? as a note, in order to work at Startup Canada, you have to you have to memorize exactly what he just said before you even get to start day one. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, th a thread, like a red thread, just like every organization. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta memorize all these things. No. Yeah, it was beautiful, no. man. It's beautiful. Having fun. So yeah, back to the story. Uh, back in 2012, my co-founder and I, Victoria Lennox, uh, we just wrapped up some work a year ago uh, or, or so earlier on a similar not-for-profit aimed to help student entrepreneurs in the United Kingdom called NACU. And so we started working on that actually in 2009. And over there, the story was that um, you had all these discrete college and university student clubs focused on entrepreneurship. And that's all great. But what was interesting that is that some of the colleges seemed better organized or better equipped than others. Um, and so we thought, well, if only everyone just shared what they did, others would learn from that and we would generate way more meaningful impact for student entrepreneurs. And it only took a bit of research to discover that, in fact, not many societies were connected to each other. So that uh, that was basically the mission of that of that organization. So two years into it, along with uh, national UK sponsors and government involvement, the organization was well on its way, generating that meaningful impact that uh, Victoria uh, sought out. And so in 2011, but Canada was home. Uh, we naturally, Victoria and I thought, okay, well, how are student clubs focused on entrepreneurship uh, here in Canada? What does that look like? And we saw similar patent patterns of non-connected entities, uh, each one kind of doing its own thing. Um, the only difference was that in Canada, uh, geographically, it's much larger. So there were way more entities. Um, and the further you got apart, city to city, town to town, the less likely it was that these organizations would know of one another, let alone be doing yeah. some kind of ongoing partnership, right? So uh. you, you might be wondering why that's important. Um, we accelerate we can accelerate Canadian entrepreneurship by sharing best practices and leveraging existing resources, networks, right, and committing to partnership where it makes sense, rather than starting from scratch and reinventing the wheel, right? So Startup Canada began as any company does doing some market research. Victoria literally spent days upon days collecting hundreds of phone calls, phone numbers um, to entrepreneur support organizations across the country. And then what did she do? Of course, she naturally calls them all, right? So yeah. we were expecting perhaps some sort of consensus across the board, at least um, per a given city, per any given city, there would be some sort of baseline of how well entrepreneurs and those that provide entrepreneurship support felt the ecosystem was doing. And we were waiting to hear a unanimous, yep, all's good here, you know, got it under control. Uh, now, what we, we did hear those kinds of things, that kind of affirmation from what you would consider known and established organizations, you know, mandated to do this work. However, the more places we called, the more we heard, uh, while some were saying, yep, business is usual, others were saying, nope, things are actually not that great. We really need support here. And so it was kind of like a big question mark because it's like, okay, well, half of the community is saying this, well, you got other people <laughs> in the community saying that. And, you know, people will tell you uh, if you, someone bothers to listen, if somebody bothers to listen, they'll tell you what's going on. And we basically got invited to all these places, mostly by people who had the most skin in the game, right? So the grassroots community leaders um, who don't have to like fly in. I mean, they live there and they know the pulse of the place and they're entrepreneurs themselves. So eight months later, all in all, we ended up, like you said, going to 40 cities and towns. Um, we got there, uh, we ran town halls just with entrepreneurs, focusing on the entrepreneurs. And that's how we met you, Rivers, yeah, on, on March of 2012 in Sydney, Cape Breton Island, Nova Scotia. Uh, at the time, we had no idea who uh, who you were, but it was people <laughs> like yourself, right, that had that vested interest in seeing entrepreneurship in their community thrive and who lived and breathed entrepreneurship and, and all the stuff that came with it. So for everyone listening, for those of you who know Rivers as a guy who cares about entrepreneurship in his community, there was like a Rivers type in every city 
uh, in every town that we went. And that was kind of the magic of it, right? That there are these champ there are these champions of enterprise everywhere. Uh, huh. Even even in the remote areas outside of the metropolitan centers where there were no co-working spaces or incubators or accelerators, but entrepreneurship was there, right? Entrepreneurship yeah. just the same needs that access to support and resource. And in fact, we stopped we stopped in more nascent communities um, than the larger ones because the impact could be bigger there. Uh, yeah. So there was less noise. The message was not lost over dozens of events in a given week, so forth and so forth. So we did these town halls. People discussed the issues they faced, but more importantly, we asked them to self-create sustainable startups to combat those problems. And they literally made business models right there and then and pitched it. And in Cape Breton, I remember um, there was no co-working space for entrepreneurs. So at one table, someone who had some property just lying around, they weren't using, partnered with some other people who knew how to run a space, got together, partnered with a woman who had additional funding and created co-working Cape Breton, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the magic of it. And, 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 you know, long after Victoria and I have gone, that, that impact and that challenge to keep going with those ideas lived on. So that was yeah, by the way let's let's pause you for a yeah. second have, have, have gone you mean have moved on to your next destination journey. yes 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 the next the next destination yeah we're not speaking from the dead here folks no 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 <laughs> uh so that was literally uh what we were after right making a platform where people can have their voices heard and find out about one another um and challenging them to make it happen right to fill those gaps where they naturally existed so that um Nobody was really doing that in that space at the time. So it was very organic, bottom up and grassroots as it can get. I mean, uh, I don't think you can make it more grassroots than that. It was, And it was such a simple thing to do. To this day, I'm convinced that helping people is one of the more rewarding things you can do. Uh, and in many yeah. cases, it's easy. Uh, but at times, it's a heavy lift, right? So to scale that kind of idea and that tour across Canada took some time. Yeah. Dozens of flights, buses, trains, boats, you name it. And now, of course, you had a, you, you do have a good amount of people attend the events that were a little skeptical, right? Because this is kind of like a new thing. It's kind of a Nash pan national thing. Um, and yeah. they would say things like, well, we already have a community here. Uh, things are already mm. happening here, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So in fact, yeah. se- several organizations um, actually kind of considered us to be a competition in one way or another. Right. So, 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 so picture this, right? You have two Canadians with no real track record <laughs> in Canada for doing this, right? We're lugging around what effectively was like an entire tour with a materials team t-shirts, banner stands, and these huge plastic bins, right? Two, pe- two, two people doing their own travel logistics funded by their friends and families, right? And yeah. in- instead of being seen as kind of like a funnel for support and getting people together to build that momentum, which which we still do to this day, you know, we were getting compared to established organizations, fully funded, have done dozens of staff, right? So I, I, I suppose um, they must have understood that the, the value and the execution was there because um, people were listening, right? So it was a very humbling experience. And I think that um, no one was really doing this across the country and surveying all these organizations and doing word of mouth and person feedback, the state of entrepreneurship in their ecosystem and publishing that into like a white paper, right? So it was very interesting. It really got people to listen. Um, But from the tour, entrepreneurs told us what they wanted us to do. So we kind of led from behind, made this kind of platform. And because who were we to know what needed to be done, right? So we we basically kind of crowd, we had an idea, but we wanted to make sure we crowdsourced that mission and mandate. And and you've been, and you kind of went through, you had experience with NACU also, a little bit of the, the, you know, the fundamentals that were required in order to make this this a successful tour. So they wanted community building. Mm. Entrepreneurs wanted community building. They wanted Mm. culture building. They wanted digital forms of access to resources. And Mm. the rest is history, Rivers. Um, Mm. We then spent the next eight years uh, creating unique programming and, you know, partnering strategically with industry, pivoting like a million times uh, to get it right, to connect, build community and foster that culture ultimately is how we, uh, in my opinion, uh, got it right in doing some impactful uh, work. You know, just a reflection, a couple, um, as I said, I was on the eastern side of that tour mm-hmm. and uh, and I remember being in Charlottetown and, uh, and there was a room that we were all in at a hotel, I don't remember mm-hmm. where it was, but uh, you know, the birthplace of Canada, the birthplace of uh, Startup Canada. And uh, anyway, um, I was outside of the room, and this reporter from the local radio or whatever was out there, mm-hmm. and I remember him saying to me, 
He says, what's going on in there? <laughs> and <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He says, I've never experienced in my 19 years of journalism energy in a room like that before. Right. And, and right. It, that to me really defines the, you know, the, if you call it about a rock star tour or the band or whatever, it's the energy tour. Mm-hmm. And here's why, here's why, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that that was energetic is because one, your organization, yours and Victoria's organization was headed by entrepreneurs. You guys, you know, they, you're a social entrepreneur, non-social, whatever. It's all entrepreneurship in my view. Sure, you're driving forward an idea to generate a result and make impact and yes, make money along the way. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing is you, you guys were entrepreneurs. The other thing you guys did, and I am enthusiastic about this because this was never done before, is and 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 uh, and I took the lead with that is that you were bringing the entrepreneurs into the conversation about them versus relying on the bureaucrats, you know, the, the supposed uh, economic agents uh, who all spoke from a pulpit of no experience or conversation with entrepreneurs. And I mean, literally, no. A lot of them are just, just tied. I know what's best for you, son. You do what I... And so because of that, you were entrepreneurs, you created a theme song of energy and emotion, and you were engaging the voice of the entrepreneurs in a way that nobody else had ever done. I think that created the momentum. And when I think about the tour, I think the first thing that comes to my head is Terry Fox. Mm-hmm. And Terry Fox started on the East Coast and just mm-hmm. through creating a continual movement based on continual messaging and engagement a momentum. created this momentum and uh, you know we unfortunately know his well like, not unfortunately he's got an amazing legacy mm-hmm. but that's the power we, you guys have created and continued on and can still continues on so well, we, we uh, hope so we hope so i yeah. mean I thank you for that generous very very generous comparison um <laughs> i mean for for us i mean what what i'm most proud of is is you know, gaps, gaps suck and gaps <laughs> ought to be filled with something useful, unique and, and hopefully like genuinely helpful. And so I think we've successfully filled the gap because um, that reporter, when you hear the conversations, it's entrepreneurs networking as entrepreneurs do. And sometimes, you know, not to be eavesdropping, but, you know, I heard what entrepreneurs talked about. And one yeah. of the biggest themes was there's no funding. We need funding. Right. And but who hmm. was saying that you'd have an entrepreneur that had a winery and another entrepreneur that led an, an events company. Instead of talking mm. about how they could do business together, they're talking about what the next big grant they can get is. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm like, well, I hope you still have that aspect of customers and you're focusing on that more than all the other stuff is fine but you know um but the thing the thing that then struck that stuck out was that that common theme was everywhere it was like across canada it wasn't like just unique to one province but the thing is capital exists because you talk to all the support organizations um and some investors and they say you know there are uh, places where you can get the funding. And so something else yeah. was going on. That was the interesting thing, right? So entrepreneurs, yeah. and I was kind of like, how's how does that work? So entrepreneurs are so focused on what they're doing that they don't really have time to apply. Sometimes these grants are, you know, you almost need like a full-time person doing this. Um, and yeah. it takes a long time to kind of receive it. And sometimes you get the funding, not when you need it. But, you know, that that's just basically the nature of that. Because it is okay. it is public funding, it takes time, so that's understandable. It needs to be transparency, yeah, 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 all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But yeah. the but you know what? I'm going to blah 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 you out here, because okay. it's an important conversation. Because we were talking a little earlier about K to twelve, uh-huh. and I think this is a good 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 time to bring it in. Mm-hmm. I think it's a crock of shit that's out there right now. I think we as a society because when I hear this funding stuff all the time, mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. it's a crock of shit, mm-hmm. and because what we do is we teach and we glamorize if you want to call it the i got an investor we glamorize the pitch we glamorize the look at I mean, when i look at well you know awards that are given out for you know the, the media in particular look at this company they raised six and a half billion gazillion dollars how great are they mm-hmm. they haven't sold a damn product but they have a great ability to go out and get funding to get in the in the laboratory and make the product. And I think that's the, the epic fail, and I don't want to get into education of entrepreneurship in a minute, mm-hmm. but that's the epic fail, is that we need to teach people about customer 
discovery and validation, and mm -hmm. then how to sell them. Mm -hmm. And once you have enough customers buying your product, the funding will come, but they'll be mm -hmm. knocking at your doors. That's the natural way, yeah. We do it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. We do it the wrong way, and it's the epic fail. And mm -hmm. it's one thing that I go on. And, and so when I see, I mean, I'm working with a company right now, eCharter Healthcare, you know, they're off just organically growing, helping them grow their, their international movement and so on. And they're mm -hmm. just getting customers, but they don't get the press. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. the press is the, the guys that go out and raise a bunch of money, and they never really talk about well, how much have you sold, mm -hmm. and it's terrible. So gift, so that kind of segues into the conversation around entrepreneurship in K to twelve, and I'm going to let you lead this conversation because this is a fireside chat, and and we briefly touched on it, but I want to hear from you. What did you mean by K to twelve? When well, you, when you referenced that so, earlier. So way back in t 2012, um, education, the education system and looking at entrepreneurship in education was a huge topic across Canada as well. And so while Canada's K-12 education system, so meaning kindergarten to um, grade 12, uh, is one of the most, um, I mean, it is, a, it is one of the most effective ones in the world. There's much more that can be done to increase awareness of entrepreneurship as a viable yes. career option. And yes. cultivate that entrepreneurial leadership, creativity, financial literacy, skill, literacy skills, literacy skills of young Canadians through experiential learning. Right, bringing students into oh, the yeah. entrepreneurial community and bringing the entrepreneurial community into the school. So successful entrepreneurs always lament on you know how they never fit into school, right? And they often struggle oh, to compete yeah. their programs if at all, right? So education in Canada creates risk-adverse, obedient students, right? So who think inside mm -hmm. the box and color mm -hmm. color mm -hmm. inside the lines. But entrepreneurs yeah. are the the rebels, the risk takers, the value creators yeah. who see that opportunity everywhere. And in the education system, children who exhibit these attributes are often classified as, you know, air quotes, problem students. And yeah. Yeah. We, we need to identify <laughs> these children as early as possible and, and provide them with yes. mentorship, support, experiential learning opportunities to harness yes. those interests, acumen yeah. and energy towards being, you know, that productive creation problem solver, equip them with the knowledge, right? The skills, positive reinforcement, all that stuff to succeed. And, so, ladies and gentlemen, this I is mean, no... This this is no speech he's reading right now. This no, no, is this is pure passion, man. Th this is this is it. and and you know, uh, I there was a time when I heard this for the very first time, and I found it absolutely fascinating. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I kind of started looking more into it, um, I, I realized that, you know, at the primary level, teaching entrepreneurship through storytelling, for example, class projects yes. has actually proven to be very effective. Examples include mm -hmm. like running a school, you know, tuck shop or organizing book fairs and designing and selling school merchandise, you know, progressively difficult yeah. projects that uh, use entrepreneurial games like Go Venture is one that uh, goes back uh, since since that time we were on tour. It, you know, it teaches mm. students that failing and learning uh, from failure and mistakes is acceptable, right? Even yep. doing something like school trips to local business incubators, accelerators, or local businesses mm. increases that awareness of entrepreneurship, right? And makes those spaces more acceptable um, to young Canadians. Um, so mm. speaking with entrepreneurs about their experiences and tales from the trenches can teach students so much importance about vision, you know, the determination, leadership, following their dreams, uh, how they can embrace entrepreneurship and make a positive impact in their communities in the world. Well, thank you for that. And I know you're genuine about it, and I know you're passionate about it beyond simply the great movement that you have created uh, with Startup Canada. And, you know, uh, I've always wondered why entrepreneurship isn't taught more mm. in schools. And, uh, I mean, ultimately, I'm a believer. You've heard me many times say entrepreneurs are going to save the world. I mean, if it wasn't for entrepreneurs, who would provide the tax base to pay the doctors, mm -hmm. which continue to get high in society and, mm -hmm. and our great armed forces, which they, they, should get, they should get celebrated. But the fact is, is that they still need money to put food on their table, and that's created off of the, the tax base. But the, uh, but the reference point for me still goes back to why isn't mm -hmm. it, why isn't this taught more? Why isn't this, ex this the, you get a little bit happening. Like when the schools around, around my city, you know, the entrepreneurship classes are in the back of the school. Mm -hmm. So the perception is that's where the weird kids go. That's mm -hmm. where the wackos go. Those, go mm -hmm. those are the kids that are the disadvantaged kids go. And so in your opinion, why isn't this being embraced to an acceleration? We're talking debts all over the place, deficit financing, all this kind of stuff. Well, we can all solve this through a great 
viable, innovative, uh, robust entrepreneurial society. But, so in your opinion, what's the bottleneck? What, we're, what's, what's the reason we're not making this happen more? Uh, I mean, f- from what I understand, uh, people just think that, you know, uh, why, why, why change things when things are good? But that's the thing. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. but, but, you know, I, I think I, I'm more of, I like to focus more on like the solutions. So, um, for, for example, how do we get around it? So if it's a funding issue or if it's a capacity issue, okay. So we know though that creating more entrepreneurial schools needs to be a top of mind um, pre preoccupation for school boards across Canada, right? So uh-huh. school uh-huh. boards can partner, for example, with local business support organizations, connect with entrepreneurial, with the entrepreneurial community, right? Each school can appoint like a staff member as its entrepreneurial champion to drive forward like a school-wide entrepreneurial agenda. You know, it, so it doesn't have to cut into the budget too much. It's just, you know, a teacher that maybe has some entrepreneurship experience can lead that, right? Um, and then, for example, you get a few of those at each school in a region and they can meet regularly to share experiences, new ideas, uh, such as like entrepreneurship information sessions for parents um, and entrepreneurial like Olympics between schools in a region start tying uh, mm. kind of like competition into it. Um, mm. And additionally, like, I mean, each school can um, be assigned like an entrepreneur in residence, Rivers, and, and you have yes. some experience. <laughs> tell, yeah, us, tell, us, tell us the power of entrepreneurship in residence. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> next segue. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, the role of the entrepreneur in residence is a position that ultimately drives the dialogue uh, that reflects the interests and needs of the entrepreneurs, whether it's within uh, a, an organization, a law firm, an accounting firm, or whether it drives it in within a university or in a government uh, group or whatever. And it's that person that that one has been an entrepreneur typically and can speak passionately on representing the needs. So think of it as a member of parliament, except mm. it's specifically for for entrepreneurs. Mm. And so, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be the entrepreneur in residence for the University of New Brunswick for a few years and uh, was appointed uh, just a few years after that as, as the first Canadian first entrepreneur in residence ever hired by a government agency in Canada and a lot of forward thinking when it came to uh, the province of New Brunswick at that point in time I subsequently have moved on and back in the back in the on the playing field as they say versus being in the mm. executive box mm-hmm. but yeah by putting in individuals who speak with yes knowledge but also passion on the entrepreneurs then that's what you bring. When I speak to kids in schools about entrepreneurship, what they get, what they enjoy most is the passion and the excitement about being on the journey. Mm. And then once they understand that, they're thirsty for how do I play this game right? And you see, we bring, we're brought up in a sports-minded uh, society in schools, and so we already know that sense of of rules, practicing rules, and becoming better mm-hmm. at those rules. And so everybody's passionate about the game and those that want to play in it, come on, let's go with the entrepreneur in residence and figure out how to play this game and practice it again and again. I think it's a great, great value with that. Now, here's the trick. Mm-hmm. Here's the big, big trick to what you're suggesting. And it's, it's magical that you're suggesting that is it can't be somebody that's not passionate. It's got to be someone that's passionate about the cause. And I'm going to throw my friends who are accountants lawyers and bankers under the bus when i say this they cannot be entrepreneurs and residents and yeah i know i'm putting a wide brush out and all that kind of stuff but they cannot be because their world is one of risk adverse and that's not what entrepreneurship is at the beginning it's about dreams it's about chasing your dreams it's about playing in the wild and living in the swamps and so that's the first thing. And the other thing is typically <laughs> the, the, the tonality of someone that's a lawyer or an accountant or mm. a banker is very subdued. Mm. It's very businesslike. Well, kids don't want that in mm-hmm. schools. Mm-hmm. They want, come on, let's go play. Mm-hmm. Let's go, kids. Mm-hmm. And so the entrepreneur in residence has to have that knowledge, but led by this great animated passion. It's like a speaker right. at, a, yeah. at, a, at, a, at a conference. Yep. And uh, and so that's that's what's really critical. But 
unfortunately, <laughs> is that, again, getting back to why isn't it pushed forward, that it's typically that's who we head to when we want to bring in the conversations around entrepreneurship, the accountant, the lawyer, and the banker. And, of course, that's just basically telling people nothing about entrepreneurship, just tells them about, you know, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, you need to get a bank account. It's just it's crap stuff. And so, uh, but I love your idea. An entrepreneur in residence in have an entrepreneurship uh, class or a, a club that's led by an entrepreneur in residence. My bet is you'll have a lineup if you get the right person in there. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, so back to you now because this is a, this is a conversation about us, and I want to talk about you as Cyprian the entrepreneur. Okay. Because. You've been through a journey uh, a couple of times um, and building an amazing uh, movement uh, that's centered around all the elements of having a successful uh, uh, journey as, a, as an entrepreneur and building those movements. You've had challenges. Mm-hmm. You understand all this stuff. What are you going to do next? Let's presume, which I think, you know, you're exploring other options. What is the Cyprian the entrepreneur up to next? He's still associated with Startup Canada. I get that. I'm still associated with Startup Canada, even though I'm moving on with my career from a podcast perspective. What are, what are you looking at next? I have had an amazing opportunity. And it's such a wonderful uh, question because once you once you make something, uh, it, it those changes and, and the because the whole idea was to always impact someone uh, and hopefully the more people you impact the better but uh, it's always about um, impacting at least one person and, ch- and changing their life if you can do that then you've succeeded and if you can scale yes. that even even the better so um, that the awards program that we uh, put together over the years um, we see that that opens doors for people um, and gives recognition to a, the the community the the support community there, so it's not just the next big tech uh, entrepreneur or even entrepreneur. It's best mentor of the year, right? Um, uh-huh. It's it's shining the spotlight on those people that are there doing such hard work um, uh, in the support side that don't get that kind of exposure, and uh-huh. that has really inspired me to see them speak on stage um, and put them on the on the same kind of level because you know it it is it definitely a team effort and so I uh, have so many amazing stories uh, and film has always been a passion of mine and you know the the interesting thing is that films are very similar to startup businesses right a business starts up uh, you know proceeds through uh, getting funding they produce something and then they go sell sell to market right film same thing very short lifespan so it's a very short thing but it, you know they still open up a production house go into production then it goes into distribution and uh, that's that's how they they make their their money right so it's mm. and, they, and they just rinse and repeat that so serial serial filmmakers you know serial entrepreneurs is that type of thing. And there's the risk is there. The risk is the same. Um, it's very uh, high high tension. Lots of people uh, involved to make sure it works. Investors, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I thrive in that environment, and I think it's only natural for me to start telling those stories and relating startup stories um, through film, so that people have a good understanding of you know what really makes the economy kind of work and these these human side stories because storytelling is about the human condition. Um, I, I would love to be able to uh, start sharing some of these Canadian stories. I don't we do that, but I think we got to do it uh, more and more and more. You can't get can't get enough of that. So uh, being the entrepreneur myself, you have me a little bit tingling off of this one. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, uh, well, I happen to know of an ex podcaster that might be available to help you in that journey okay, okay. Uh, and to be, and to be a voice for um, sure that to take. And, 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 you know, that's, that's the challenge of entrepreneurship is of course, is we're always striving for, for another adventure. Mm. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, dude, that sounds just epic. And I know with your talent, the, the delivery of the, of the product would be absolutely, absolutely out of this universe. So, uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So we're heading down to, uh, we got about 10 minutes left. And, oh, wow, okay. Uh, and the, you know, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> so let's do a rapid fire. And okay. let's kind of just throw out some questions that, uh, that you want to ask. And, 
and and we got a minute to respond. Okay, that's all we've got. So I'm going to throw it back at you first. You got a question for me because I just asked you for you one. Okay, sure. Um, one thing that I've learned doing this uh, kind of community building is that building a brand for Canada to represent entrepreneurs was kind of really important. So what does what does brand and brand identity mean to you, Rivers? Yeah, brand identity means to me is that it's it's like giving birth to a child. Mm-hmm. And when my daughter Ashley was born, she was my firstborn. I have three. Uh, I had this vision as to who I wanted her to be, what she was going to go on her journey, and all those sorts of things, including to her name, you know, the, the things that I introduced her to, and so on. And so she became uh, a brand to me. And I know it sounds kind of cold, but it really is. That's how you need to look about it with your company: is that you're giving birth to a child, and you mm-hmm. have certain expectations and desires for how that child is perceived desired and wanted in society and and this is key celebrated in society and that once you understand what those words are that make that happen then you can keep focusing in on making sure that the world brings that back to you when they talk about the brand but you've got to understand your brand identity yourself and, and nurture it because if you don't do it somebody else is going to define it for you and mm-hmm. it may not be exactly what you want it to be Interesting. so that's uh, yeah that's my uh, my kind of kick at the can with that one interesting okay. interesting uh, um so let's get to you with regards to uh what was the what's what's the toughest challenge that you have faced and i know you, you don't have to say this is the tough but give me one major challenge that you said oh my god this one's going to take a while to work through in your eight years of uh, helping to lead Startup Canada. Mm, for sure. I think serving entrepreneurs should be at the center uh, and at the core of everything you do. And um, yeah, I, I found that through experience that as soon as you have executives or people that kind of push and pull you, uh, become solely more focused on the funding or whatnot, moreover than the mission, um, the yeah. genuine support starts to slide. That genuine support experience starts to slide for entrepreneurs. So convincing people that there's no such thing as too much entrepreneurship. And what I mean yeah. by that is events, right? So for example, we work closely with lots of local grassroots and public funded organizations. And I would remember people would come up to me and always say, you know, what you guys are doing is great and all, but you know, your events are competing with our events and you're watering down <laughs> and oversaturating the market. And so, I, I mean, I can understand that concern, um, but only if you're working kind of like in a silo, which is Mm. actually the case uh, when you Mm. hear that kind of rationale, right? Because Mm. basically what they're saying is I work in a bubble and it's about my organization. Uh And at least that's my that's my view on it. And so here's my solution to that problem. Okay, because we're trying to make it quick. Um, Forgive my bluntness here, but okay, here we go. Ready? Get a calendar. I'll get a calendar. We put the calendars on the wall. You tell me the date of your event and I'll promote it. And then I'll pick a different date and you promote my event, right? And it's yeah, not no, just- No, can't do that, can't do that. Sorry, sorry, you're getting something out of this. And, it, and you know, because I mean, and it's not just putting your, your calendar on like a publicly visible uh, website. I mean, like we as Startup Canada, we call all the major players in Ottawa, for example, and when we're planning events and we engage with the community. And um, the whole entire point is to try to get everything and one another to get organized, right? It's about that organization piece. So you could do all that stuff if you're organized. To me, there's no yeah. such thing as too much entrepreneurship, right? People should be tripping yeah. over this stuff, attending yeah. events left and right. And, and you know, the other thing is that nobody really owns entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, um, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, it's yeah. The, we should just be helping one another because um, you know uh, most people d- would say like I had no idea X organization th- did this or that, right? So working together for the betterment of society, eye on the ball, right? Entrepreneurs first mm. at the core of everything. Um, yeah, that 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 was a challenge. That's and it's still yeah. you know it's an ongoing thing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, okay. I have a, question I have a, for me. This is fun. So, of of your podcast experience for the past uh, uh, five years, what would you say was the number, because you always ask, you know, what's the one thing you've learned? Through the idea of actually doing the podcast, what have you learned that you maybe wouldn't have learned if it wasn't for the actual medium of podcasting? Oh, wow, what have I learned? You know, here's, here's what I've learned uh, as I'm trying to pause for the answer to the question is, and I'm going to go with my gut 
is that of the people that I talk to, there's great hope. Mm. There's, you know, amongst all the scars and the battles and so on, there's this great hope mm. that they great can word. do what they want to do in life, make impact as little as the woman that has a craft store in in Summerside, Prince Edward Island that I talked to, to, uh, to uh, you know, a Nobel Peace Prize winner uh, and Mr. Ryan Holmes himself and a few, and a few uh, uh, dragons along the way. Bruce Croxon, I had him on the show. Beautiful man. You know, it was, it was this element of as hard as it is, it's so freaking wonderful. And I just, I, I love what I do. And I want to continue to do it. And I hope that I can continue to do it, even though I may be going down sometimes with the ship. It's, it's, uh, there's a sense of great, great, great hope in what it is that they do. So I think that's, uh, that's key to the play. And then the other one is, is that they're so willing to give. Mm. Uh, you know, <laughs> and I, I hear this bullshit, and I know I'm being vulgar with it. With it, with it. I, I, I occasionally have done it. It's just bullshit when people say, I'm too busy. And entrepreneurs will give to you all the time. They mm. love giving to other people who want to build, start their own businesses. And so there's a great desire to give time and energy to help other entrepreneurs. We mm. are a tribe. And we are a village, and the village has many neighborhoods in it, male, feeble, mm. female, aboriginal, mm-hmm. newcomers, mm-hmm. youth, whatever. Yep, yep, and yep. Uh, So don't tell me that an entrepreneur is too busy. They're not too busy if you're going to talk to them about something that they can give you value on. If all you want to do is hang out with an entrepreneur and tell them what you do and not be listened in return, then it's not going to work. But mm. uh, anyway, that's the other thing is the great willingness to – lift us all up together we're not we're not silos we are together and you know you celebrate that with the awards very nicely with all the different categories and so on so those are Mm. those are the two things i love i love that you bring up the international multiculturalism uh aspect to all of this uh it's absolutely critical like so for example you know the unity and identity uh that are themes i mean they have permeated our history as a nation and canada boasts that internationalism and that multiculturalism uh its strong education system you know and rich resources nevertheless though as global competition increases because you were mentioning the global side canada does need to reimagine itself and rebrand itself by positioning entrepreneurship and innovation uh, as the core values of what I call Canada Inc., right? And in in doing that, uh, Rivers will rediscover its entrepreneurial roots as a nation built by entrepreneur immigrants from all over the world. And Victoria and I were saying this way back in 2010. And so hopefully we have moved the mark in some in some small way Um, because River. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Basically, we need to build that strong Canadian entrepreneurial brand, because uh, we were talking about brand too, to create and inspire a nation with uh, that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, one that's like inclusive, right? That creates a sense of community, is action oriented, mainstream, you know, empowers the individual to be entrepreneurial and think bigger, you know, change attitudes about risk and value entrepreneurs as heroes. And we were talking about heroes. Uh-huh. I know you have, a, you have a famous rock star. You coined this term, right? Entrepreneurs are rock stars. Yeah. And this brand can provide entrepreneurs across Canada with a platform and a voice to leverage that kind of critical mass of entrepreneurs um, and create those conditions necessary for entrepreneurial success in Canada. And, yeah. you know, that's that's exactly what together as a community. I mean, Victoria and I, we're really trying to just lead it from behind and just provide a platform. And something like Own the Podium, you know that campaign? Yep, uh, sure Canadians yep. rally yep. behind athletes, right? And inspire yep. a nation, you know? So something yep. something like that. Um, and so our tagline, Startup Canada Entrepreneurship Empowers Everyone. Uh, in Canada, there you know, was often a stigma associated with the word entrepreneur. Um, mm. Back in 2012 and even till today, um, you know, we, we have to celebrate that entrepreneurship mindset, philosophy, a way of acting to to combat those, like you were saying, misconceptions of entrepreneurship being only for maybe the elite few or whatever. Not everyone can start a business, but, you know, entrepreneurship is for everyone to understand and uh, experience, right? So 
let me close with this vision of mine. And by the way, you mm-hmm. were, I know you wanted to talk to me. What was my, what was one of my uh, favorite podcast interviews? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to answer it too. And then I'm going to I'm going to close if I could with mm-hmm. my, my dream. Please. And, uh, <laughs> uh, one of them was uh, the interviews is that I asked now Victoria is very much the, the front of the house. You're very much the back of the house with the, with the team. And so yes. she gets, she gets interviewed a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I'll challenge you guys. Actually, in my podcast with her, which I did, um, oh my gosh, a while ago now, uh, I asked her a question that she had never been asked uh, in any interviews that she's had. So for the audience that wants to go and listen to that epic interview, which it was epic, because one of my favorites, of course, you two are, are definitely one of my my favorite couple in the sense of you know team business wise and so on, but just great friends. Love you both dearly. But that was a wonderful interview that uh, that I asked her that question. And the other one was a guy by the name of Ryan Smokelin, the guy mm-hmm. that started Smokes Boutinery mm-hmm. and has just created that. And if you you got to really sit down because it's energy beyond belief. And we're oh, just yeah. battling two oh, guys yeah. with a, in a beer bash. It was, yeah. but the the journey that that guy's taken on his career to Putin. It's freaking mm-hmm. Putin. Mm-hmm. But how you talked about brand a little earlier, how he wrapped a brand around that and lived and personified that brand, not only in the way that the food was delivered, but the way the staff of everything he did is absolutely magnificent. So here's my vision as we mm-hmm. close off this conversation and, and I know we can keep going, is that my vision is that there's three mothers sitting around a table and they're talking about their children. And one of the mothers says, uh, my son, Bob, he's a doctor. And the other two mothers go, oh, aren't you lucky? You're just so lucky. Then the next mother says, yeah, well, you know, my, my daughter, Sally, is, you know, she's a lawyer. She's a very successful lawyer. Mm. And the other two mothers go, oh, isn't that lovely? She's doing well. It's so wonderful. And then the third mother goes, yeah, well, you know what? My child is an entrepreneur. And the other two mothers go, oh, how did you get so lucky that mm. that's what happened with your child? Because it celebrates the value, the contribution, but also the position that entrepreneurs finally have in society where they're celebrated versus the other way. And uh, so that's my great vision. And the stuff that you guys are doing are helping us to do that. And, dude, it's a curtain call, but I'm not going away. I'm just going on another journey, which is – you can mm-hmm. check out all that I'm doing at, uh, I got a group called Headspace for Entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to headspaceforentrepreneurs.com, hanging out with entrepreneurs from across the planet. It's a growing community. It's online. It's free. Come and join us and have a conversation. Yeah, I've seen and it. It's ex- great. Yeah. And then extending from that, we created a quasi-Netflix for Entrepreneurs TV channel done on the internet. It's called and Headspace TV. A Rent-A-Chef. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, that's a brand that's coming back. It's called Rent My Chef, actually. Oh, okay. My Chef. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So it was Rent a Chef. Uh, I actually sold the, the URL, so I couldn't get it back. But yeah, I got some cool stuff going on with revitalizing the brand. Ah. All, all that stuff, hang out with me at askrivers.com. I'm not going away. I'm just on a different highway now, but I get all kinds of time for Startup Canada, you guys, and the magic you're doing. So, uh, sip in. Do this what, is do, it, man. Do you want to hear my vision? Ah, I do want to hear your vision. Yes. How rude of me. <laughs> your, vi- your vision sounds fantastic. And it's something that everyone should aspire to. And, and that does touch on that storytelling aspect. And it's it would be such a gem if we can get it to that point um, where, where people are like, aren't you lucky uh, your, your, your kid is an entrepreneur? That, that would be fantastic. And we're getting there. It's, 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 yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's getting there. And um, But I just wanted to say that you know if you own a small business in Canada you're fortunate to have access to a number of people and organizations that are committed to your success right um, but we also need the people on the support side that are just as passionate and driven to support those entrepreneurs so like we were touching on these ideas promotion and discussion of entrepreneurship shouldn't just take place within incubators and accelerators associations business schools that kind of thing i think libraries schools community centers right libraries schools community centers 
government offices, career offices, parks, like uh, high traffic public places can be transformed into hotspots for those ideas, right? And so I encourage anyone who wants to help their community succeed, get involved in supporting entrepreneurship by making a direct impact to people in grassroots communities. And it's never too much of a good thing to have more organizations start up with that social entrepreneurship mindset from the start. So here's to all Canadians, right? Champion, champion your heroes, but make sure that your heroes include some entrepreneurs. Yeah, love you, man. You're awesome. <laughs> Keep being epic. Love you too, Rivers. Thanks, dude. Talk soon. Thanks so much. Take care. So that's it, folks. Rivers Corbett. Uh, I like to say the first podcast host of the Startup Canada podcast show. Uh, and looking forward to more great things with the next host that's coming along. Thank you for the journey. Thank you for the, the, uh, the commitment to entrepreneurship, being entrepreneurs, listening to the podcast and sharing the stories with me, you great guests. Um, keep happening. I'm around, you need some help, askrivers.com, that's all you gotta do, I'm available. And uh, just, uh, you know, just bless you all, you're all amazing people. I'm gonna go now, because things are getting a little uh, floodgatey with me, but uh, as they say, thanks for the memories. Cheers. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 